and a heart is broken, another prayer in vain, there's a million tears that fill a sea of pain. Little dark, but whatever, we'll take it. Welcome to Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited, everyone. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always. You know him, you tolerate him, the sexiest man in podcasting, Scott Haskin. How you doing, Scott? I, I think that you captured my uh, my memories of high school with your intro there. <laughs> well, uh, truth be told, uh, we're recording the second episode here tonight, and the lyrics I had popped up were from last week's song, Fallen Angels, so I just went with one of those. <laughs> I'm still a little bummed over that. I mean, it's been like five minutes, but there was there were some really good components of that song. I wish it would have been the whole thing. Yeah. It's, I, I still like that tune a lot, though. But um, it, it's a new week. Uh, it's a new opportunity to, to talk about some Aerosmith and uh, spin some Aerosmith tunes. Uh, I tell you, what's what's new with you since the last time we talked uh, two minutes ago? Well, let's see. I've traveled, um, took a vacation in that time, uh, saw some sites. Uh, you know, while while uh, while I was, you know, since I've been thinking about leaving Vegas and, and going somewhere else, I decided I should probably make a list of the things that I want to do while I'm still here. You know things I haven't seen or what, and literally I put three things on my list. Two of them I've already done. There are shows I've already seen that I want to see again. One show I haven't seen, and I'm stuck. I've done <laughs> so much in the eight and a half years I've lived here, plus the ten years I would come up three or four times a year to visit. Um, I've kind of done this town to death, and I didn't realize it. Well, have you done the Sphere? I have not. That is on my list. How about Kiss Mini Golf? I have done, I have, I've been to Kiss Mini Golf. I haven't gone through the course. Uh, I have done the Twilight Zone Mini Golf though, which was a barrel of fun. Sounds like fun. Where the heck is that? That is at uh, Paris. Oh. Very surreal. Very surreal. It's just, it's, it's, it, you feel like you're in a different world when you're playing on that course. I'll tell you one of the funnest things I did in Vegas was I went in the uh, Pawn Stars Tour. So mm-hmm. they, they took us to the uh, fish tank place from the show uh, Tanked, I think it's called. I've never watched the show, but we got to see how they make fish tanks. Uh, then we went to uh, uh, Count's Customs, uh, the custom car shop, and see, saw his showroom. That was kind of cool. Then we went to a couple of shops of the uh, experts who visit the pawn shop, the toy store, uh, the sports memorabilia store. That was kind of fun. And then finally, we, we went to the uh, gold and silver pawn shop in Las Vegas, a big tourist attraction. So uh, that was kind of a neat experience. I just like kind of being on the bus and tooling around Vegas. And they, they, they took you off the strip to go to these different places. So I got to see more of the city. It was kind of neat. That does sound like fun. The only bus tour I've done when I first moved here, uh, one of my friends who was in Cirque du Soleil got married. And they went down to one of those places on the north part of the strip where they got the cheesy Elvis wedding. They rented a double-decker bus that that they, they got the one from the show he was in at the time, too. Because, you know, they have the buses with the different advertisements on it. So they got the bus from the show he was in, and it was the double-decker. I was on top and uh, just rode around doing the the tour that it did, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a crazy hot day to be outside on top of a bus, but, you know, what are you going to do? You haven't even gone to a Golden Knights game yet, Scott. Well, I don't have a house to mortgage to go get a ticket. It's not that bad for the for the Knights. I think you can probably get a ticket for like 50 bucks. Oh, no. The, the last ones that I saw were a couple hundred. Oh, that's not bad. The kind of money you're pulling down? Come on, <laughs> yeah, right. you cheap bastard. I'm a musician. Um, you know, though, I, I want to say, you mentioned on the last show, uh, like going to the CN Tower and all that in Toronto, one of the best vacations I ever had as a kid was going to the Toronto Science Museum, going up in the CN Tower, seeing the Lego model of the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first time I had maple sugar candy, 
which is delicious if you're not diabetic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Toronto was a was a fun visit. I'd like to go back there as an adult and see how I would like it. Yeah, I've been to Toronto twice. Once was really just uh, the airport and a hotel, so mm-hmm. I didn't experience it then. But the second uh, on our honeymoon, uh, we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. I uh, took a tour of the Sky Dome, which is a pretty impressive building. Uh, they had a Hard Rock Cafe in there at the time, so we had lunch at the Hard Rock. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we nice. uh, then we went on what was called the Hippo Tour, and it's this bus tour around Toronto. They take you around the different sites, and then they take you down to the lake, and it turns into a boat. And they just drive right into the lake. And you toodle around the lake, Lake Ontario there for a bit. So that was pretty cool. It's called the Hippo Tour. They don't do it anymore, but which, which kind of stinks. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it has wheels, but it's got the hull of a boat. So when it drives in, uh, they just put it on an outboard motor and they just toodle around the harbor. It was great. That would be a really weird transition, I would think. Uh, but gratefully that there's no hippo, actual hippos on the tour. Because let me tell you, I've seen some videos of how they like to chase boats and they are fast for their vast size and mean those suckers can move and they're yeah they're territorial yeah big time uh we're actually gonna go to the toronto zoo that's one of the stops we're gonna take uh nice. next summer uh when we go my kids are very excited to go see a giraffe we live in saskatchewan mm. all we have out here is gophers <laughs> and, and cows like you know nothing too exotic so yeah even just to see like a, a llama i think they're gonna be pretty happy with do you guys have, I would think you would have wolves up there. Oh yeah, we got tons of wolves, coyotes, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. They, they come into town and they prey on our, our pets, like cats and dogs and stuff. But. but you're too far south for like polar bears, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, well that's yeah. good. Yeah, the polar bears are about 10 minutes north of us, so. No, no. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Short trip to go hang out with them. That's right. And Speak- I, I have no good segue from polar bears to Aerosmith. You, you finally stumped me. I, I pride myself on my segues. <laughs> But I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, well, a polar bear will throw you off for sure. I was just going to say, speaking of Aerosmith, <laughs> that was, that was going to be my uh, my cheap uh, segue back into our uh, <laughs> our actual podcast here. All right. Let's talk about our actual podcast here. On this show, we are going to break down every single Aerosmith track ever recorded. And we are endeavoring to create the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape. You remember mixtapes? I do. I'm old enough. Scott's definitely old enough. He's 28 years older than I am. but uh, I, I do the current version of mixtapes where I do playlists on my iPod from songs that are already on my iPod. And iPods are already like 30 years old. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I have a, uh, a generator that I charge them up. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. But uh, we have uh, nine songs per side because that's all you used to be able to fit uh, on a mixtape. Uh, side B is all the, all the hits. Side A is all the deep cuts. And uh, to help us decide what song we're going to cover on any given show, uh, we got ourselves a little six-sided die that I got here. And uh, we're assigning a number to a song. Uh, so right now, currently on our dice, we have Joni's Butterfly from Rockin' a Hard Place, Pandora's Box from Get Your Wings, Angel from Permanent Vacation, Last Child from Rocks, Love in an Elevator uh, from Pump, and newly added last week, Chiquita from Night in the Rut. Scott Haskin, uh, what are you hoping to hear tonight? You know, I, I feel on the edge, I feel like opening Pandora's box. Oh, very good from Get Your Wings. That would be a good one. Um, man, I, I, I kind of want something upbeat. Uh, last week, we had the big, rousing uh, Fallen Angels from Nine Lives. Ah, I'm ready for a little love in an elevator, I think. All right. I can go for that. Good morning, Mr. Tyler. We'll have to listen to... It's actually called uh, Going Down. This is a little precursor to love in an elevator, so 
If we mm-hmm. spin love in an elevator, we'll, we'll listen to that too. Okay. All right. What do you say? We throw it over to Steven Tyler and see what this week's song is going to be. Toss of the And nobody's happy. We're getting Joni's Butterfly from Rock in a Hard Place. This is one I put on the dice because, truth be told, I don't really remember that one. I don't listen to Rock in a Hard Place a, a whole ton. And, and when I do, it's usually Lightning Strikes. That was kind of the, the big single uh, off of that one. So I thought, you know, we're, we're pretty light on Rock in a Hard Place. Uh, you know, let, let's go with that one. So that's what we're doing here tonight. What do you think? I'm in. I, I'm in 100. Um, percent I do not know this song. I can I can guess on many levels what this song might be about, but they have surprised me in the past. So we shall see. Uh, and actually, yeah, there, there's a song before this. Uh, this is actually uh, the second song on side two of uh, Rock at a Hard Place. The first uh, song is called Prelude to Joni, and then that leads into Joni's Butterfly. Uh, do, do they tie together? I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you, because I don't recall this song. But uh, well, it they sound like they are like a a, a two section song just by the title. Yeah. Uh, Prelude to Joni is only a minute twenty. I think we should do them together. You think so? I think so. I'm I'm going to even guess that they actually blend in together. That's a good idea, Scott, because I'm pretty sure Prelude to Joni is an instrumental. So kind of like what we do on the Van Halen show, if there's an instrumental before uh, the track uh, selected, we're going to play the instrumental too. So you're getting a little bonus, Aerosmith, this week. Folks, we're going to play Prelude to Joni and then right into Joni's Butterfly. So let's start off with Prelude to Joni. hell i have no fucking clue how how are there no lyrics for that it's all lyrics i know but yeah there oh, nothing came up on spotify anyway uh weird my goodness i kind of feel like they hired yes to write that <laughs> that sounded way more like yes than it did aerosmith to me like 80s yes good call uh, i i don't know what the heck uh, you, you make out of that one yeah, that's very bizarre. I mean, I couldn't make out what the story was because the lyrics were too affected for me to understand everything he was saying. 
Um, so I have no idea what to expect from the actual song, but I mean, it had a nice sound to it. I really like those ethereal ahs that were kind of floating around. Um, so I'm going to tell you a quick story of why I like that. Okay. When I had my wisdom teeth pulled years and years ago at the, at the end of high school, um, they, this was back in the days of nitrous oxide. So they would put that little cap over your nose and you would breathe in this, really weird smelling fume and then your head would just be like a giant balloon and they gave me uh those little if you remember in the day Corey, the headphones that we used to use back then which were like these little uh tiny bar with the foam pieces yep. on the end that would go on top of our ear and they had enya playing and they were playing orinoco flow and I heard that song as if it were a ball inside of my head, slowly moving from one side to the other, kind of like when you looked at the, uh, you know, the VCR and it had that little ball that would go from one corner to the other and yep. never actually touch the corner. That's what I, that's the way to this day that I hear Orinoco flow. That's kind of how I heard this song. It was just like those ahs were just kind of floating around in my head and everything else was just happening around it. It was very bizarre. I tell you what, I, I found lyrics. Uh, Spotify oh. didn't have lyrics, but I went to a lyric find. And uh, he, here's what uh, was spoken during Prelude to Joni. It was, at first we three thought, t'was the biblical chord of life, then noticing t'was connected to his head. How strange, not to be believed. I reached out to feel, and the pony's eyes opened. The chord got hard, the head looked around, and you know who pushed and gushed, the waters of life. First two hoofed feet, then the shine of his fur. But at first to my eyes only, feather, feathers, wings. The butterflies flew up in such colors, exploding all around us. The rest I did not see till there he stood, all eyes in wonder. Who me, who you, look. Um, okay. A horse, uh, some sort of animal being birthed? It, it sounds kind of like that. Um definitely weird it's weird too that he said three instead of five so why do they hate brad whitford and tom hamilton well uh remember uh there was no joe perry and no brad whitford in aerosmith at this time that's right yeah that's right well i wonder too if this is inspired by something a story or a movie or a book a fucking bad trip on mushrooms like geez i think that's more likely yeah <laughs> <laughs> They they were deep into the drugs uh, on this one. Uh, yeah. This is the one uh, uh, Joe left in 79. Uh, this was recorded 81, 82. Uh, Brad left during the recording. Uh, this The band spent like a million and a half bucks on the recording of the album, uh, which is a lot of money uh, back in uh, 1981. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of different things on this record. What do you say? Uh, let, let's find out more about Joni's Butterfly here, shall we? Yes. So that was uh, What a Stormy Night When I Met the Pony 
It was so dark that I could hardly see. It smelled so sweet, you know who and Joni. So many butterflies one could not see. I don't know of a lot of sweet-smelling ponies, per se. Yes. Unless it's metaphorical. Uh, it has to be, because there's ponies with wings, and, and someone named Joni, and then there's some butterflies. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm finding a little weirdness in, yeah. in this, I have to say. Uh, musically, though, it's kind of cool. It, it goes back to that, uh, you know, like some of the songs we've talked about, like Hangman Jury, where like they're just sitting on the porch telling stories and, you know, each playing an instrument. Um, kinda, I, I like the sound of it. It kind of continues that Robbie Shankar vibe we got from uh, Fallen Angels last week. It does. Yeah, very similar with the, the guitar strumming, too, I have to say. It's like a fucking fever dream. We, we could all feel desire, took off in flight. It was hotter than fire. Then came the light. I smelled the heat. The dancing ponies unwrapped his wings to dry off Joni. What fucking story is he telling us here? I don't know, but you shouldn't be drying people off with other people's wings. Like, that's just not a good idea. It's not an effective way to do it, really. It's not. They're, they don't soak up water. No. Um, I find this whole song very weird. I don't know when they did that paranormal activity poltergeist crossover for like half a second, but that just kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere and went away with no explanation. Um, I really feel like they were on something serious when they recorded this. But I figured another band who this could have been done by would be Zebra, if you're familiar with them. I am not. They did uh, Who's Behind the Door, very popular in the okay. 80s. Yeah. Um, Tell Me What You Want was another one that they did, but I feel like this could have been like that they were very into this style of guitar playing. Um, I'm hearing a little bit of hand percussion, which is nice to mm -hmm. accompany the acoustic guitar. Yep, yep. The sound of it, though, the mix is really good. Okay. There, you don't think so? There, there's not a lot of bottom end for me. It, it mm -hmm. sounds uh, you know a little, little thin. But uh, again, it's mostly just kind of like you said on the porch. Uh, you got a little bongo and you got a little guitar and, and not a ton else yet anyways we still got a long way to go with this song so i feel like something's going to kick in i think they're doing it intentionally that way leaving out the bottom end so that when the rest of the band kicks in it's much heavier this reminds me of dewey cox again during his mm. bob dylan phase when he got up there and just started saying nonsense words uh you know with his uh, acoustic guitar it kind of reminds me of that era of the dewey cox story mm. where nothing really makes sense i can see that
what's the Gavin poll? I, I've never heard of that. Uh, I've heard of a Gallows poll, but I've never yeah. heard of a Gavin poll. Um, I really feel like this could have been three separate songs because these two don't go together at all. The second and the first one don't really go together. These really feel like it feels like a three song suite. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to look up uh, the meaning of Jody's Butterfly. See if anyone can help me out here. Uh, I read one thing here that says uh, the song expresses the idea that we all can feel desire and that nobody should be denied their dreams and passions. And I guess if I, I, their dreams and passions involve butterflies and, and horses, uh, sure. I mean, I, I sit up at night wishing I had wings to dry people off with. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'm getting that meaning from these lyrics, but okay. I am happy that the band kicked in and we got some bottom end going here. And uh, yes, it, it sounds like an Aerosmith song again. So that's always good. But I think they, they shouldn't have, they should have just gone right into it and not done that you know, stop and let it decay and then kick in. They should have just kicked right in. I think that would have been, had a better punch. I agree. I really would have liked to have seen what the missing members would have done with this song because it feels like guitar wise, they're just playing notes that make sound and they're not really playing anything valuable. They're just depending on the rhythm, the vocals and the bass to carry it. And they're just kind of filling in the void with guitar tone. Yeah. Oh man. I, I don't know what to make of this. At times it's like they're, they're, I don't know if they're trying to be like Robert Plant and try and tell like a sprawling story and just failing miserably at it is steven just so fucking toked out of his head that he's seeing horses and butterflies and the band's just trying to prop him up uh by by you know playing some pretty cool music underneath i, I don't know what the hell to make of this i'm with you on that i i will say this section of the song definitely sounds like you know good 80s rock and how aerosmith would have you know come across at that time because rock was a little bit different um in that era but yeah, I don't know. I, I get the feel like if you remembered this song, I don't know that you would have put it on the dice so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the additional musicians from this album and there's two other additional musicians listed uh, for Joni's Butterfly. Not that doctor uh, from the Joe Perry song uh, from oh. earlier. Reinhard Straub plays violin and John Liviano plays acoustic guitar. Maybe what we're hearing is violin. Maybe. And not guitar. Yeah. Let's keep going, see if we can pick it up. Yeah. 
I'm going to end the suspense for you, Scott. They never played this live. Uh, are, are you surprised? <laughs> I, I was going to guess 68 times, but no. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I am hearing some violin, but I'm definitely hearing guitar. In fact, it was funny because right after we started up, all of a sudden I could hear more guitar. Um, I like the drums, though. Drums are good. The, the bass is kind of weird. It was almost doing this this like water drip thing. It kind of had a cool little... I think that's percussion. Really? Yeah, there's. I can't remember what it's called. I've used it uh, in a couple of my songs, but it 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 almost sounds like a, you're right, like a heavy water drop is hitting a drum head. Okay, it, it has that weird response. I don't think that's a bass guitar. Interesting. Uh, and by interesting, I mean uh, not really. Is it just me, Corey, or even with the the warmer tempo, does this sound like it just lacks energy? It, it lacks uh, energy. It lacks uh, bottom end. Like everything sounds just just so thin uh, and kind of crappy sounding. Like recorded through a tin can, bad. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, the, when we had electric guitar, it was so far back in the mix, and, and the acoustic was a lot more prominent, and in, in, in the percussion and all that. It's just really kind of a weird one. This is credited to Steven Tyler, uh, Jimmy Crespo, and uh, Jack Douglas, uh, who produced the record. Well, it, yeah, the guitars were, they sounded more ethereal because they were so distant. And then I feel like Steven's backing vocals on this part is like, he doesn't even know what room he's in. I don't he's even know if he's making in, sounds. Well, yeah, it's at least on something like Fallen Angels, he was making sounds to the melody and he was or adding a counter melody sometimes to what was being played and it worked really well here he's yeah. just they got him propped up in a corner and somebody would smack him and he would just blah, 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 and just make nonsense <laughs> sounds and then they just put it on the track i don't know that's exactly what it feels like like he just doesn't have any idea what's going on around him and i think that's that's a shame because i think there's a good idea in this song and I feel like I've said this so many times on the show that they're close to something, but they just didn't capture it. What's the idea? I, I can't tell. Uh, some of these lyrics flashback. Something's coming over me. No sweat. One time fantasy. Bare bones all in the wind, it seems. Hell, who's this chick that rides into my dreams? No liberty, no stabilized, no one to please, nobody's eyes. It doesn't mean anything. Well, lyrically, no, <laughs> definitely not. But musically, I feel like there's a lot of elements here that are, it feels like it's a song in development, I think more than a finished product. Mm -hmm. And, and it, way too ambitious to, to just kind of yeah. slap together and throw it on the record, maybe. Spend mm -hmm. another few months uh, working on this. Let, let's try and have a cohesive narrative uh, going through the song as opposed to just nonsense words. Make the ladies you love come, honey. No butterfly should be denied its wings. He was kicking ass, rocking horse. He was like a hell bent tied to the Gavin. Like, can someone explain this to me? You're just, he just flipped through the dictionary and he picked some nouns and then he put in filler <laughs> words. <laughs> All right. Well, and you can't hold the candle to my dreams. So there you have it. Uh. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
<laughs> I love that part. Okay, so he was a kick-ass rocking horse. He was a one-horned unicornicopia. <laughs> I guess kind of a clever uh, play on words there. Two-two in Utopia. Three-star verge into infinity. Four-four. Yeah, Yahoo. <laughs> We're not gonna come up with the word for for four. Just Yahoo. Well, when you're when your hand is too numb to flip another page in the dictionary, I guess you just you just pick sounds, you know. Um, I thought that was kind of cheesy though, the way they panned that backing vocal at the in the very last section. Like, I feel like it was a desperate attempt to make the sound interesting. Yeah, I, I did like when you know the band kicked it a little heavier, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this is at least interesting. And then that happened. It's like, uh, and then I heard one horn unicornicopia. <laughs> okay, it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that he just would say in the middle of just putting words together. I, I think he that, screams that, that during sex. You and a cornucopia. <laughs> but that that that's kind of on par with his his words, you know, Smith talent. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a wheelhouse thing for him. And that probably just came out of him sounding out things and putting words to it. My goodness. All right. Well, we're almost done. We only got about uh, 38 seconds left. So let's, let's get there. Yeah. just see him sitting around the studios you know you know what this piece of turd needs we need some violin who could we get to, to play some violin on this fucking thing because somebody called reinhard straub we just want you to play a little thing just at the end uh, of Joni's butterfly it, it'll, it'll just it ties the room together my Wait, goodness I, I it was a weird ending too it was it was just it's a weird it's like a weird it, everything what are you talking about it is yeah i don't i yeah i it's, this is another one that kind of breaks my heart because I see some potential in the third section of it, but it just didn't get there. It it just didn't. It it really didn't. I, I don't know if we're gonna have a, a, a discussion here tonight. Uh, Joni's butterfly. Uh, I guess I start first. No, 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 no. Stop it. Uh, oh, Corey, I disagree with you. <laughs> never played live. Still can't believe it. I'm it's, shocked. I mean, at least the first part. <laughs> like, Steven's going to have to get, like, a, a massive teleprompter to try and get through these lyrics, because you're not going to remember any of those. He probably forgot them the minute he recorded it. Well, it would be a tricky one, because there are some vocal layers that I think would have been hard to pull off live, but, yeah, I don't know why you'd bother trying. Oh, my God. I, what I just, about the first, uh, what, what about the prelude? Did they play that ever? Oh, the, the prelude first? they played 600 times. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know if they... If that would have been like, something use that for something you know like a walking out on stage or, or whatever I oh know. my god oh that'd be awful I, I don't put anything past these guys after a song like this oh my lord uh so uh do you want to put it on the mixtape scott i'm i i would throw the mixtape out if we put this on there <laughs> all right there you have it folks not happening uh, our apologies to Joni and her horse uh who got dried off by butterfly wings uh, i don't know um, I don't know. I'm sad now. So I, I too. 
I so uh, that thing is off the mixtape. It's off the dice. I got to put one on there because I put Joni's Butterfly on there. Uh, so, uh, geez, I'm kind of looking down the list here, and uh, I've decided a new strategy. I, I kind of I'm just going to go up and down the list of Aerosmith songs, and wherever I stop scrolling, I'm going to pick something in that range. And I landed in L. I thought, oh, there, there's some good ones. We already have Last Child on there. We did Legendary Child. Uh, we did Let the Music Do the Talking. Uh, we got some good ones coming up, uh, like uh, Lickin' a Promise, Lightning Strikes from this record. But, but there's one out here I thought, you know, it's kind of the opposite of Joni's Butterfly in that it's it, it's an Aerosmith ballad. It's one of their newer ones. It's from their 2002 Greatest Hits compilation, Oh Yeah, Ultimate Aerosmith Hits. Let's play, uh, let, let's put Lay It Down on there. So Lay It Down is a track written by Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Marty Fredrickson, and Donald DeGrate. And it was one of the extra tracks on Oh Yeah, Ultimate Aerosmith Hits. One of their many, 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 many greatest hits compilations. So, I'm pretty sure you would never have heard that one, Scott. But um, I I can guarantee, uh, at least production-wise, it's much better than this one. Oh, good. I don't think I have, but I I will add... um... It's interesting that you say it's one of their more recent, and it's 21 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, is it that old? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, 21 yeah, years. Yeah, but I mean, what, they stopped. They haven't made anything new in a long time. I would have thought somewhere along the line they would have done, like, another song for a film or something. Yeah, no, 2012 was the last one. That was uh, music from another dimension, so. Yeah, so 11, over a decade already. Yeah. Where does the yeah. time go, my friend? I don't know. I tell you what, I, I all I'm thinking about now is horses, and uh, fuck, rocking horses and butterflies and and some bitch named Joni. Well, it isn't the sexual reference I thought it was going to be, or at least <laughs> I didn't get the sexual reference out of it that I thought I would. Because what, what kind I of mean, sexual I, reference did you think it was? What is Joni's butterfly relating to? Well, butterfly is a is a term for a vagina. Is it? It is. That must be an American thing. I never knew that. It might be an American thing. Or it could just yeah, be a so, Scott Haskin thing. I don't know. Let us know in the comments. Even I don't really no talk comments. to a lot of people, so it's very possible that <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But an uh, interesting thing, though, I mean, we had Joni's Butterfly, we had Pandora's Box, which also could be the same kind of, you know, sexual reference. Well, that one I get, um, sure. Yeah. That one makes sense. I, I, I think you pulled uh, the Joni's Butterfly straight out of your butterfly. <laughs> Do have a lot of time on my hands. There you go. All right, <laughs> let, let, let's put a bow on this one, my friend. Why don't you tell the fine folks about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network? Well, Corey, I would absolutely love to do that for you because, you know, we've got some great shows outside, though. Our, our friends, Sean Geek and Fast Fret, Eric Senich at Booked on Rock, who makes uh, the occasional or often appearance, I should say, on your Van Halen podcast. Mm-hmm. We have Ken Knapsack at Pop Rock and Radio. And, of course, the flagship of all Deep Dive shows, Pod of Thunder. But within the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Chaz is trying to take you over with his three shows regarding Roger, regarding Lulu, and Rush Rash. And then, of course, Kevin, our buddy, is also making a bid for your slot. He's got the Tom Petty Project and the Seaside Pod Review, but you guys have a show together, The Ultimate Catalog Clash. Excellent show. You guys are getting ready to wrap up Genesis here. And I'll be curious to, well, I already know, but I'll be curious for everyone else to see where the show goes from there. You also have a couple other shows, though. You do And the Podcast Will Rock with Mark Kameyer and Backtracks Theme Music with one John Mariano. We also have some other shows, though. Sav, Nick, Stephen, Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast, Quinn at And Volume for All, Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What? 
We have Clay and Riot North by South, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the ultimate Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Then we have Daniel, Josh at the Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. See, this is what happens when I try to go out of order and make it fun. <laughs> we have Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. We have Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods, Riot, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Terry, T-Bone, Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, and we have Nate at the Deep Purple Podcast with his co-host, John, and last but not least, my little podcast, Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast. I got to ask you uh, real quick, Scott, uh, before we sign off here tonight, you know yeah. the artist or band that is selected for season two of the Ultimate Catalog Clash. Are you looking forward to season two? I am looking very forward to season two. I, it was unexpected. I really did not think that this band would, would even be on your list, but I was glad that they were. And uh, I can't wait for episode one. That reminds me, I record that in two days. I better listen to that record because we're doing a side A of that uh, that, that uh, particular artist, uh, the first album. Yeah. We're doing that in two, 48 hours. I got a Van Halen show to do before then, and then I better listen to side A of that record. That's a good idea. I have a podcast review coming up with an album I haven't heard in 20-some years, so I have to listen to that one. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great season. I'll just say that. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting your guys' picks for how you think this is all going to play out. That's right. We'll have to get them to you before Thursday because uh, the the first record actually is the one that we're going to try and pick uh, our, our guests for what the uh, final album grade is going to be. So uh, please check out the Ultimate Catalog Clash if you have not done so. And uh, check out all things Scott Haskin at scotthaskin.com. Uh, in the time it took him to uh, read the deep dive uh, role, uh, he wrote another album. So you can probably pick that up on his SoundCloud and uh, probably another novel too for, for all I know. But until next time, on behalf of my good buddy, Scott Haskin, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for uh, tolerating us here tonight. And as always, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler.